Yes, I'm supposed to say something to you very elliptically, like, uh, pawn A to king's mate ploy, and you understand what I mean, and we go into one of our daring escape routines. Welcome to the first episode of Kill James Bond of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alice Kelly. I am living this joke down for the rest of the year. Joined, as always, by my friends Abigail Thorne and Devin. Hey. How you doing? We're, we're deep into the Man From U.N.C.L.E. series now. Mm. And we're up to something that promises a lot with the title. The Karate Killers. Oh yeah, this, this and... title writes a big check. Can mm-hmm. the movie cash it? We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, immediately you have to imagine I am starting a big sort of clock with time until karate is like a sort of a focal point of the movie. And oh, yeah. This is, this we'll is definitely we'll the see. title where I was the most excited. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Although I is, am very much five times bidden, sixth time shy about the fucking titles yeah. on these goddamn <laughs> shows. So. Well, the thing is, right, uh, you know my grand unified theory from last time that mm-hmm. all of the titles are just transposed by one movie. The next one is The Helicopter Spies, and this movie opens with a bunch of helicopters, and I'm like, well, there's the fucking helicopter, you know? And then a second later I go, wait a second, this isn't The Helicopter Spies, and a second after that I go, and that's an autogyro. Yeah, my, um, my opening note says, Microlite Baz and the boys drop bombs on Elia's pussy wagon. Yes, <laughs> Microlite Baz. <laughs> Sorry. Microlight Baz is really fucking good. Because this guy, the opening shot is this guy it's in like, a big white guy in a leather jacket. It's not a not so simple as. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Microlight Baz. <laughs> this, is, this is, you could genuinely do a sort of like um, Academy Awards, like in memoriam, precious moments reel of all the guys wearing different fucked up goggles in this movie. It's Very so good. Yeah, this, movie. Is the, this is the film where Thrush really get their henchmen drip together. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. really good to see. Lots of black and red. Lots of uh, color coordinated so, outfits. Yeah. These guys in their auto gyros attack Solo and Kuriakin, who are driving a weirdly sexy car. And I'm not sure what car this is. It's a, it's a modified AMT it. Piranha. Is it? Yeah. I've written down here that this is, I, I call it the dome. sexual ute, because it has the, like, the truck bed of a ute. Um, but it has a sort of quite un-Australian air of sensuality. About yeah, so it, as well. it started off as an AMT piranha, and they like they modified it. They like made the headlights you can like withdraw them into the body. It kind of looks like an E-type Jaguar as designed by like sixties retrofuturism. So it's it's yeah. this very very cool looking like sleek car, probably very impractical, very long. Mm. And we get a lot of like um, shots of Mister Goggles Man firing. I guess grenades or like little bombs at the sexual youth. This is so fucking um, James Bond. This is like yeah. diamonds off. No, whatever the one with the volcano base. I don't know if they're blurring to one, but uh, it's the same. It's like shit. six volcano bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, you only live twice. That's the one. That's the one. That's the, the, oh, the one where one. he's Japanese. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god! This um, film is just. Oh my god! This film is yeah. just you in it twice. Jesus. Just <laughs> <laughs> excuse this rather odd mixture of styles. Uh, but so. Uh, Solo and Kuriak can escape by driving into a tunnel, which, to be fair, absolutely fucks you if you're in an auto gyro or a helicopter. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's not very um, dramatic, though. You're, you're just done. I yeah, they just they drive gonna... into a tunnel and then it like, cuts, the scene's done. 
Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. I, guess, I guess they just stay there till those guys yeah. run out of fuel. It's still away, idiot. <laughs> pretty easy, actually, yeah. It's actually, it's, it's a pretty well-filmed sequence, like, unusually so, I thought. They have the, like, um, weird auto-gyro rotor sound as, like, a sort of, like, constant thing that's, like, mm. it's quite effective. Would you I get think. a lot of repeated um, footage of microlight bars firing as missiles, though? <laughs> oh, yeah, because they had the budget for, like, one minute of microlight time and nothing more. Um, and then we get the credit sequence, which is not our typical... They've changed the title sequence. Now it's, like, a, a little music video. We get some, like, 60s... Sunshine. Oh God, for a brief, a beautiful second, I thought they had written like a song for this one, like it was a Bond film, but it, they just haven't. It's a different. It's also quite funny well, as well paid because for one song. The opening yeah. credits music is is a well. The opening credits are about two and a half minutes long, and they've got about thirty seconds of footage. That's so right. They, just, they like loop it and flip it. Like, you can see, you can almost feel the editor like sweating in the booth, trying to fucking work this footage as much as he can. Girl, like dancing in the same way three times. But we see yeah, in the background of this club, really good spawn. Yeah, there's like a handover of something. Lots of like sinister-looking men, and one of them gets handed a canister, which he opens into his hand and pours a bunch of glitter in there. So we're seeing a top-secret glitter deal. Yeah. Going and the guy, yeah. the shady guy who gets given this vial of gold glitter um, is an actor I love to see. It's Herbert, Herbert Lom, Lom. Who, listeners, if you've seen love the Herbert original Lom. Pink Panther films, which we may have to watch at some point, because they're very racist. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> because because yeah. they're very racist. Herbert Lom is listen, one of the recurring... You lose one round of which KJB host is racist, and all of a sudden you just really <laughs> lean into it, you know? Uh, no, because they're like the similar sort of like 60s vibe, yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. Herbert Lom is one of the recurring villains in that. He's like such a fucking good actor. And I think in this, he's genuinely the best villain on uncle's had yet yeah genuinely oh yeah he's so good he's so like serious it's it's fantastic (laughs) there are so many scenes where like something ridiculous is happening at him and he's just like completely stone-faced throughout the entire thing (laughs) yeah he's like born to be a comedy straight man this is also his his role in the pink panther films absolute absolute seriousness um but so he buys the glitter and then we go immediately to we don't have a briefing scene for this instead we just dump Solo and Kuriakin straight into uh, someone's idea of a lab, which is a bunch of different Erlenmeyer yeah. flasks the set of with Gil Nye, the science guy. Classic lab yeah. scene. Erlenmeyer's with various colours in. Mm-hmm. It's of like dry mm-hmm. ice is smoking all over the shop. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's ideal. That's a gizmo? Where you do the science. I love a uh, gizmo. And they go, they're going to meet the inventor of this gizmo, mm-hmm. Dr. Simon True. Don't get attached. And <laughs> no, this, this gizmo. Perfect job he's doing. Yeah, this gizmo is to like desalinate seawater, and apparently it's very good at it. However, he's feeling quite weird, and as we know in a movie, uh, one of the things that gives me health anxiety—if you ever feel a bit weird, you're gonna die. You're gonna die instantly. Um, so um, before he collapses and dies, he t- he tells Uncle somebody's broken into my lab. Um, because as I was trying to figure out how to desalinate seawater, I've accidentally figured out something else, uh, which you'll see in a moment. Oh, I'm feeling a bit sick. (laughs) (laughs) This man's death is so unremarkable, but there's not even like a musical sting as he's dying. Like, it's still the same background music. Oh, also, the the gizmo, the gizmo like explodes, right? And it's it's destroyed. And it has a dial on it that says danger in thousands. (laughs) I love the danger danger dial. 
<laughs> I love the danger dial so much. The danger dial will make a reappearance at the it end d- of this does. movie the because they reuse like, it. Dangini per square inch. Like I took the units up. It's actually a French it. unit of measurement, the danger. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he he takes a little pill, and then he it turns out to be the pill that kills you instantly, and he just like falls down on the floor dead. Um, and like this doesn't get that much reaction. From Solo or Kuryakin, but as they're hunched over him, he uses his like dying breath to say, uh, "Oh, we'd have to like the thrush would have to follow the four winds to get my formula, uh, and then also the four winds of my daughters." Yeah. Which is- By the way, there just just to be clear here, in case you didn't get it, I have yeah. four daughters. Um, yeah, and you'd need to. Yeah, <laughs> this like, is cool, what the, cool the, the okay. thing of the movie is. This is my 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 dying words. Go to. Next location. location. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> so then, then we have uh, the briefing scene, and uh, at Uncle HQ and M says, "Yo, microlite bars worked for Thrush. They're trying to kill you again, as per." Um, the scientist who died. The reason he died is because whilst he was stumbling on, well, whilst he was desalinating the sea, he accidentally discovered how to extract gold from seawater. It's like a source of limitless wealth, right? Um, and if, Alchemy real. Yeah, if Alchemy Thrush ever real. get their hands on this, you know, they'll be able to uh, buy Twitter and it'll be a nightmare. Um, so he says, oh, by the way, uh, the scientist has like a, a 10 out of 10 smoke show daughter and, and Solo and Elia are like, uh-huh, yeah, of course. And he goes, oh, sorry, yeah, and, and my mistake, like, he's yeah. got five of them. You're going to have to fuck a lot of women. (laughs) (laughs) What's interesting is he, uh, Waverly says, I'm sure Mr. Solo is more than eager to follow up on the daughter, which is. Is Waverly mm, or is Waverly not aware of Solo's sex criminal behavior? Because there's some some episodes where he's like, Well, I'm sure Mr. Solo would never do anything inappropriate. And there's some where he's like, Well, I'm sure Mr. Solo will be balls deep in her by five (laughs) o'clock. I I set you up with my niece. However, I assume that you are like a gentleman about it. Um, Strange. Um, But yeah, so the, the scientist has four. Stepdaughters and one biological daughter, and so therefore you're gonna have to go and have sex with all of them to find all of the pieces of the like formula for the thing that lets you do the gold. Because Thrush want this, and if they want this, they're gonna buy Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, and then yeah, we so then to the, scene. the scientist's widow, who is Joan yeah. Crawford. Yeah, she fucking is. She does an unbelievable job in this. She's so good. She's a legend for a fucking reason. Jo- Joan Crawford as the world's slowest on the uptake woman. Um, so hey, she Herbert gets Lom- there. It takes a bit, but she gets there. <laughs> Herbert Lom enters the scene. We are immediately, uh, we immediately gather they have been having an affair. Right? She's been cheating on her scientist husband with him, and he has now dropped the sort of like uh, charming chivalrous act and is like, "Where did he keep the formula?" And is getting increasingly threatening, while she is like decreasingly understanding that he's a bad guy. Yeah, she um, also puts it together that he poisoned her husband, and I'm like, I, I feel like that was an error. I feel like if you if you mm-hmm. hadn't done that, you could have tortured him for information. She she has a great line, which is how she met her husband. He was there collect. He, he was in Stockholm collecting his second Nobel Prize, and I was there picking up my fourth divorce, yeah, which I right. find very charming. But so, we, we then see that Herbert Lom, n- I'm not going to remember his name, I'm not even sure if he has one. Um, it's it's he fucking has two... Randolph. Yeah. This Rand- I remember Herbert his Lom. name because it's another classic. Mm. Randolph. He's got some Her- boys. Lom. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's got well. He's got two moves. Is what he has. He has a light attack and a heavy attack. And the light attack is slap woman, which he does. He like he, he does like this slaps so her. much. There's hardly any woman in the film that doesn't at some point get a backhand from her at long. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just like an instinct when you work for Thrush. There's like an <laughs> eight month on. training program to just autom- automatically slap the first woman. Later on in the film, he reprimands one of his boys for slapping a woman, and then not five minutes later, does it himself. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it's, it's a people it's negative management style. It's like a tick. Um, it's like an anxious tick with him. He doesn't even know he's yeah. doing it. The poor bugger. Yeah. <laughs> he, like he slaps her, and then in a sort of like a sentence I never thought I would say, Joan Crawford makes an uncannily Minecraft <laughs> noise. He slaps her, and she goes. Ooh. <laughs> she gets chipped by the damage. It's gen. Well, that, first of all, that's a real drop from the movie. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he fucking like snaps his fingers, and some blokes walk yeah. in. Allow me to tell you what he- they're wearing. Please, four guys, right? Black leather trousers, black leather mm. gloves, orange mm-hmm. turtleneck, black leather open vest. And they just, yeah. four of them walk straight through the doors. They must have been just like right outside. They're big. They're, they're dressed, big guys. They're huge. They they're dressed exactly baby. like, um, oh God, Mishka and Grishka really from are. fucking Octopussy yeah, had the yeah, yeah. same fit. Um, also, I, I do want to say, the summoning his guys, his heavy attack, he does that while his hand is still like in motion off of slapping her. He like slaps her and while his hand is moving back, Snaps his fingers to summon his boys. So he like the boys must have good hearing if they can distinguish between the sound of like her being slapped and then the finger click that summons them. Yeah, yeah. But he's got them clicker trained. It's very weird. Um, but so they show up and they menace her in such a way as to imply that she is killed. Like we zoom in close on her face while the boys walk closer to her. She tries to stab um, Herbert Long with a letter opener, and and he's like, "Don't yeah. be so dramatic." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's like, I love that Herbert Lom is like refusing to be in a comedy. That's his character. It's like, the uncle boys are like kind of cheeky. It's kind of tongue in cheek. And Herbert Lom's like, no, I will kill people. Like, I will I will do this. Like, he's like a He'll serious Bond villain in, in this very silly film. But so they leave, and our uncle boys roll up to the location where they find that Thrush had been there, trashed it, and they find. Uh, the scientist's daughter, his like biological daughter, um, Sandy, uh, Sandy, Sandy, yes, Sandy, played by Kim Darby, Kim who sort of Darby. had a line in the sixties and seventies of like playing much younger than she was. Like uh, she, she was in True Grit, most famously, where she's like twenty-one playing fourteen, mm. um, and so the movie like is is very clear that she is like a child, um, and. Yes. She's in hiding, uh, and Solo goes to comfort her, and Kuriakin immediately ruins it by being like, oh, you remember your mum? Well, she's dead. dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, he has, this, he has this cool line where she's like, oh, I always hated my stepmother, like, you know, for after she must be responsible for this, like, if I ever find her, I'll kill her. And Kuriakin just goes, I think someone's beaten you to it, and just like, uncovers the corpse of Joan Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> Which has been in the room with Sandy this whole time, and she yeah. just hasn't noticed. She didn't apparently. look around. Yeah. Just, yeah, she didn't check behind the curtain. Like, um, then we, we cut to the plane, and they are they're bringing Sandy along because she's their only mm. key. Um, because she got a message from her scientist father saying that only she would know the truth. 
mm-hmm. of like whatever this is. So they're on a plane and they're like, they're going to go to Rome to track down daughter number one. And behind yeah. them, like two rows behind Randolph is there, fucking drips the sick fuck bit. out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sick yeah. Bit. <laughs> so good. So conspicuous. There are a lot of great fits in this movie. My man is wearing a leather trilby, um, like Bakelite sunglasses, a contrast collar shirt where the shirt collar is check and the shirt body is black. A skinny like silver a, tie. Just yeah, and like perfect. a brown tweedy jacket. It's so good. Absolutely gorgeous. This is, this is gorgeous. not a noticeable man at <laughs> the all. The most like uh, I the- am an evil spy outfit anyone's ever worn. <laughs> absolutely tearing it up on like menswear Instagram accounts. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is like a highly noticeable dude. This is a dude who would get stopped on the street to have you like take his photo. It's a real like uh, men I mean. used to dress like this what happened ass fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of like spending, you know, two grand on a pair of custom made shoes or something. Um, hey, but listen. so they go to We're not <laughs> they go it. to Rome, where they immediately drop um, Sandy off with the designated woman handler, who is like some uncle agent who is just there to like wrangle the women. It's just like, yeah, just go shopping or something. Yeah, Fuck off, unnamed. Um, of course. Um, yeah, so we just we just drop her off, and then they go to a location, and we we see a fellow. <laughs> we see a, a man, man enter the scene. Fucking sick fit count yeah. number two. He enters this fucking scene. My first note says entering the function because he just like <laughs> steps through the door, and he's got this like red and white checked fucking cravat on. I don't yeah. recall the rest of it. I think that I think you put a. Oh, I recall like the rest of it. I took me through it. I yeah. took intimate notes oh, on yeah, this. I My see, man is we- Okay, so Telly Savalas enters the fucking the scene. Villain. This the Italian manor house. One. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's he, one of he, two like, Bond villains who appear in this film. Yeah. He enters the scene wearing a red velour dressing gown or smoking jacket. Mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. like cut high enough for me to tell. Um, a, a sort of like <laughs> check <laughs> napkin or cravat stuffed into his shirt. He is holding in one hand see this. a glass of wine and a cigarette. In the other, like, opposite side pocket, he has a baguette sticking out. This is a man who has been interrupted in a moment of unimaginable Euro vibes. He walks in the room, and <laughs> I believe he says, I'm the Count, Valeriano De Francini. Tell me, what do you want? It's perfect. So beautiful guy, so man good. of rising <laughs> functions. Like, Entering a room saying, I am the Count! <laughs> <laughs> How bad did you want, want to begin every social interaction this way? It's just like, he, what the fuck do you want? What are you doing like, in my house? All right, I'm the count. What do you want? And they go, uh, we're we're from Uncle. We're here to see uh, the Contessa. And he goes, oh, beautiful. You know, you, well, they don't say we're from Uncle. They do the classic Napoleon move of going, we're from the UN CLE. Yeah, that we're from the UN CLE. And he says, oh, Uncle. Which is a great little drop oh. for future use. He goes, oh, I see your uncle. You've come to pay, uh, pay, pay the, the money. ransom. And, then and, like, and they go, what? And he goes, hey, no money, no contest, eh? Arrivederci. Perfect. And immediately leaves the function. 
<laughs> just straight out the fucking door, a guy walks in with a shotgun. Scene cut. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, I've, I've got two thirds of a baguette to eat, a cigarette that is mostly ash to smoke. Most of that ash is already in this wine glass. <laughs> it's it's like genuinely such a perfect fucking like scene. If that was the only thing he was in, he'd get the fucking Kaufman. Just walks in, Arrivederci, I'm the fucking count. Do you have my money? No? Buongiorno. Just like, all right. <laughs> Come back on I, I love the count so much. But so as they're leaving, they, they get a message dropped to them out of a window from the Contessa that's like, I am being held hostage. So they shimmy up a drain pipe to see the Contessa entirely naked and to this woman, hello. Hello. Yes, um, hello. How are you doing? She's Diane American, McBain. she is blonde. Those are the two things. Another absolute mm-hmm. legend of the, of the genre. <laughs> 10 out of 10 smoke show, baddie. Mm-hmm. Solo tosses her his jacket to like cover her nakedness. And the second she puts on this suit jacket, hello again to this woman, yeah. but more so. More insistently, hello. Bonjour. Um, yeah. Uh, and she explains that her sort of tyrannical bestial husband, Telly Savalas, has been holding her captive for money, for, like ransom. Um, and doesn't let her have any clothes, which... So she can't run okay, away. horny. Yeah. Uh, and he's been tearing the house apart, so... If you want this formula thing, you're gonna have to, like, wait with me in this room until he goes to sleep. Which he does with the chickens to save electricity. Um, yeah, because the thing is, he's cheap. Easy. He's, like, selling off all the furniture. He's, like, trying to hold mm-hmm. her ransom. Like, he's doing everything he can to, like... He's not cutting into the like money. baguette, cigarette, and red wine no, budget no, no. at all. Oh yeah, yeah, which is y- perfect. You buy the essentials and then you work out your budget. All right, mm-hmm. listen. <laughs> you get the red wine, you get the cigarettes, you get the baguette, you get the velour smoking jacket. Yeah, and then you're like, all right, Do- doing one of the like <laughs> increasingly grim sort of like how to survive the cost of living crisis articles, but it's just that sort of thing where it's like, okay, well, first of all, what you're going to want to do is the red velour smoking. Jacket. Yeah, I'm just I'm dressed this is like non-negotiable. This. The heating is not on. I'm freezing cold, but my god, do I look good. This guy's going on good morning, like, trying to give budgeting advice, being like, no money, yeah. no contest, I ruined it. Every morning I get up, I light a cigarette, that's the sole use of energy I make in my day. Uh, I have to, like, break a thick crust of ice over the top of my glass of red wine. Um, and <laughs> I maintain my body heat by inhaling warm cigarette vapour. Um... <laughs> It's the only heat that I bring into my body. The red wine is cold. Yeah. It's an eternal balance. So so they go downstairs after dark, they poke around looking for stuff, and immediately the Count catches them. And I would describe this, this scene as Italian loudness quotient going up. Like, it just, it, it's a one-way street. The series, uh, like, really does not like Italian people. No, no, it does not. Uh... My favorite thing was something you pointed out, Abby, which is that Ilya tries to intervene when they start arguing, and then as soon as he does, they both just walk past him, and he just gives up entirely. It's so he doesn't I clipped do the fucking like I clipped anything. It. It's just like he's yeah. like, guys, listen, and then they just go straight past him. He's like, all right. Was it was Devin who called that? It is a great moment. Oh, right. <laughs> he just like puts both hands Excuse like me. palm up. Was like, all right. At this point, just... at this point, uh, Herbert Lom comes back into the film. He's like, "Yo, I'm the villain of the film. I'm one step ahead." Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, Randolph because because the 
they think that uh, the Contessa must have gotten a letter from her scientist father with like some of the formula on it, right? So he's like, give me the letter. Mm. They're all like, I don't know what the fuck letter you're talking about. There's a big fight. And then the fire department arrive? Yeah, it yep. ends uh, like the end of Blazing Sandy Saddles for some fucking reason. Like, yeah. just this, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone just runs onto the soundstage and you're like, oh, okay. Here we go. These are, these are also the clown firefighters. Like, they're just doing bits where, like, the guy runs into the ladder and stuff mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. knocks all of the rungs out with his chin. Uh, incidentally, uh, as my little favorite statistical thing to keep track of, the time to Uncle Chop is 22 minutes, 21 seconds. Because the count gets uncle chopped by Ilya during the course of this. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot of uncle chops so, in this film. It's mm. it's very chop oh, yeah. yeah, high number. More chops um, than a butcher. That's right. But so right. Uh, the gun, the gun that the like the butler has goes off, opens a secret passage, which Sandy dives into, gets stuck in there. Everybody calms down. They fi- they rescue her out of the secret passage to find that it's filled with treasures, and this is why the count has been like selling everything off as, and like not. Moving them out of the house is because he's trying to like track down this hidden treasure. Mm-hmm. He and his wife like rekindle their love as you would because she is extremely um, what's the word avaricious? I suppose. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. And they get the letter which has some like a little bit of a formula scribbled on it, mm-hmm. some letters and numbers and symbols. It's like attached to like an eight by ten glossy of the. It's like clearly the actor's headshot, yeah. Yeah, and they've just got four of these with a different uh, different bit of the formula. And it's such a weird thing, to, to s- like, I, <laughs> I love to st- send my four stepdaughters, like, signed 8x10 glossy headshots of me. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like, okay. It's like, I'm dead now, have you considered casting me? <laughs> it's like classic, movie. like, signed in a silver pen style thing. Have it's you like, considered casting me in a hole in the ground? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For your consideration, my funeral. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> playing the role of corpse. <laughs> it was a leading character Just in the funeral. A corpse into mm. the fucking audition. Yeah. <laughs> All right, can you give us a lying completely dead on the ground? Mm. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, it's just like uh, lying fully dead. All the casting directors like shit. So oh, good. No, oh can you do it God. again so we can make sure it wasn't a fluke? So they wheel him back in. And he's like. My God, he's consistent too. Oh, he's so natural. good. But actually, wait, what if we got a cis actor to do it instead, though? That would be. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let him be well. in it, but we'll, we'll just kind of like, we'll just sort of, we'll just sort of stand there. We won't get to do anything, but we'll get to say he's there. So we're done. We're done. In this is a little right? too well. We need a. We need a. Yeah, well, you no just don't look. Trans. You just don't look like a corpse. You know, you just don't look corpse <laughs> enough. If anything. <laughs> We, uh, you don't have a voice like a corpse. Imagine, imagine getting passed up to act as a corpse by like an alive guy. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Do you think Daniel Radcliffe just took that role off of a fully dead guy? For, uh, fucking... You're like spirits going, how the hell did I not get that one? So, so we're, we're done in Rome, which means we have to go to the second city in Europe. We have to go to... God. Jesus Christ. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, we go to fucking London, don't we? His- London. <laughs> it's so weird that this movie thinks that London is cool. Because it's the well, 60s, this is the thing. right? I have a, uh, yeah, I this is the was. thing. I think that this is the, like, the only time so far that an uncle film has felt like it's been in the 60s. Like, a lot of them have felt like the 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is, like, this is 1967, and it's the first one that feels sort of like 60s-ish. And so, There's even a moment later where Herbert cool. Lom comes back, 
and and then confronts mm. him and says to uh, Napoleon, somebody's like, it's cooler than Rome, isn't it, Mr. Solo? And it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> the only time in history that has been true yeah. was 1967. And Sandy is like very into this. She's mad that she, uh, you know, can't get, um, you know, can't go out with him on yeah, the She says, this because... is London. This is where the action is. It's like, no, it's not. It's not. This is, this is London. I think it it's was. the action is. 67, though, I suppose. She, she wants to go to Carnaby Street, you know? Um, and She's like, I need to buy a flat enough, now, yeah. and it will be worth so much money in 50 yeah. years. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the background on a TV screen, we see the Lord Mayor's procession, which is interrupted in the best possible way by a woman in a bikini has hijacked the Lord Mayor's coach. And... Hello. Like, Hello. To this woman. Hello um, again. <laughs> she, she extracts herself from this coach and causes a public outcry. And she has to be, like, shielded by this uh, this police officer, who I immediately recognize as Terry Thomas, with a hyphen. Um, guy I love to see. Very important representation for British people with giant fucked up gaps in our teeth. Um, it's fantastic, and- me, absolutely. This, this, this has such a stacked cast of, like, 60s guys. Like, he does a really like, good job in this role, to be fair. I've, I've not seen a cast this accent spike kids, right? Like, I don't mm. understand. It's just all these guys, and I end up writing down everyone's names like, holy shit, it's fucking... It's Telly <laughs> Salvador. So, so this is Imogen. She's the, she's daughter number two. Um, She gets arrested, mm. and uh, then at her hearing The thing about trial? Imogen is that she is, like, the most sex-positive woman who has ever lived. Yeah, that is true. And the whole trial, she is flirting with the judge, she's flirting with the cops. Mm. Oh. Terry Thomas does this like long monologue where he's like, "It's it's cop speak." Yeah, it's like, yeah, scene. I yeah, approached the, I, I, the female gentleman who was wearing a bikini <laughs> with a fringe, and I proceeded in the direction of her tits. It's all this shit, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except like weirdly aristocratic because yeah. that was Terry Thomas's vibe, and so he he has this like fun thing where um, she calls him handsome, and he's like. Pointedly embarrassed on the stand, which yeah. is fun. Um, but we um, gather that she's like a dancer and a model, and she was doing this for publicity, and is still doing it for yeah. publicity. And the judge is just like, "That's you're going to jail. Fuck you." Judge, judge is like horny is illegal, and she hits him with, "Oh dear, well, well, does that mean that I have to be in jail?" To which the answer is yes, but for the fact that Uncle show up and Napoleon Solo like springs her, he like pays her. Bail. There's a funny, there's a funny um, moment where um, the judge says, "Yes, you will go to jail unless somebody here can can you know unless you have a friend who can pay your bail." And all the men in the court immediately like, <laughs> it's so a policeman actually are like, oh, yeah. I'll, "I'll pay it." Yeah, and then yeah, Napoleon yeah. Solo's like, "Right here, right here." Uh, the actress here is Jill Ireland, who was married to David McCallum at the time of filming. Yes, she was. Really? Uh, no. Yes. Yeah, got, they got, got divorced. divorced a year later. Oh. No, not even a year later. Year of. <laughs> they got divorced oh. same year. Um, and married Charles Bronson instead. Well, maybe yeah. it's not a shame. Maybe she wasn't nice to him. But like, damn, good work, David McCallum. They, they had three kids together. Oh. So. Insanely funny to be like, hey, could you put my hot wife in the show that I'm on and make sure yeah. that it's clear in, in how hot she is. About, yeah, exactly. This, exactly. You, David McCallum, that, wife guy. You're telling me that this woman has had three children? That's right. At the time yeah. of uh, two... Damn. Yeah? Two and an adopted one at the time of, yeah. Wow. No, she looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. How the fuck that happens. Um, but yeah, uh, she takes... Solo and Kuriak into her work where she also lives because she's like a sort of disaster, like a horny disaster. That's right. And 
she she works at the club that we saw in the opening sequence yes. with the same band playing the same song because they only had the budget for one song. This is where we um, get the uh, all of the shots that they remixed into the title sequence from. Yeah. yeah. yeah However, so there this, is one detail disco, I want to pick out here. There's a bunch of weird shit. There's a duck pond. There's a duck there's pond. A duck. That's true. I, I wrote down why they got these regular ass ducks in the club. But then but there's something else as well. There's, yeah. there's, there's a the, cat, like, like yo, a regular a ordinary cat. Shut up. Yeah, a regular, a ordinary, black and white cat. Just a straight a up birdcage. Like, a tiny birdcage suspended above the crowd, and every motherfucker is, like, deliberately jostling it. And the whole time they're doing that, I'm like, cat harmed. Cat yeah, animals harmed. Animals were harmed Leave in the making cat of this alone. picture. Yeah. Cat, at the very least, disconcerted. Mm. Like, visibly alarmed cat. Mm. It's a shame, because no afterwards, did... Robert Vaughn beat it to death with a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> We got done with all the ducks. Yeah. <laughs> so they go into the dressing room and they're like, There's do you an have order a letter? of operations after every yeah. scene based so on so how like, many. Do you yeah. have a letter from your father? And she's like, oh, I might, I might have it somewhere. And then, then Randolph steps out and is like, yo, what up? I'm the villain. I already beat you here because I'm the only competent villain Thrush has ever had. We're not doing this Snaps fucking fingers. robot shit anymore. It's just me mm-hmm. with a gun and the boys. That's yeah, right. And, and the boys show up. The boys, mm-hmm. the boys have changed their look. Like he's completed all of their loyalty quests, and so what they have is a slightly palette swapped version of their outfits, where everything is the same except they've changed from a red shirt to a yellow shirt yeah. to show that they're serious. That's right. <laughs> By the way, and I didn't realize it at this point, but these are the Karate Killers. These are the titular Karate yeah, Killers. Apparently, yeah, apparently. I'm like, I don't. The, the, none of them do karate do they, at any point. No, no. Pretty not, sure. Not didn't get a good look at them. Pretty sure they're white. Yeah, do karate. I mean, as a, as a white guy, <laughs> they let it's white illegal. people do karate. For real? Nah, the fuck? It's a lot. You're allowed What's... to do it. Next, you'll be telling me white people are Muslim now. It's ridiculous. Uh, but so I've never met they, one. they get never out that. into the I've heard I mean, of it, that's a joke or a fetish. That's just a bit. That's right. That's right. They they get out into the club. The fight spills out. The band stops playing. And this is my favorite thing that that Herbert Lom does in this whole movie. Is he pulls a gun and he goes, "No, you keep playing the '60s sunshine pop, you Beach Boys motherfuckers. This doesn't concern you. You continue as normal." Genuinely, he's like, "Keep playing," and I'm like, "Okay." And the fight scene's happening. Elia gets almost drowned in a duck pond. But then the police burst mm-hmm. in, and it's, of course, the same policeman from earlier. Uh, there is one thing that I want to highlight, too, which is that uh, Solo gets a weirdly intense environmental kill, yeah. where he, he he jams a dude's face onto the strings of a guitar, and we get a shot of the dude, like, his face covered in blood, like, reeling, and it's like... Damn. Music wasn't that bad. <laughs> It's like, and these guys, I can't stress enough, the band is every mother's son. It's a bit like the Beach Boys, but worse. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Solo is doing fucking Gigi Allen shit to this guy's face with guitar strings. They have one song, like, by the way, which they've been playing on a loop for, and it's yeah. quite clearly piped in, in post. Yeah. Like, Hello Soho, this is Come On Down To My Boat, open up this fucking pit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the point, right? Okay, so... They they eventually get the the picture because one of the other dancers just like hands it to Sally and is like uh, Sandy and is like hey enjoy this this is the mm. device that you need to end the scene now and yeah she goes ah oh. um, it's got a different bit of the formula on it that's right and um, 
Jill, Jill, I forgot her bloody name. What's the, what's the name of her Sandy. fucking character? No, the, the, the other lass. Doyle? Imogen. Imogen. Oh. Imogen. The, the, she the flirts with the policeman. Yeah. yeah, she flirts with the police officer yeah. again, and that's the end of a scene. And this is the point where I'm like, oh, this is like a samurai movie, right? Because all that's happening, <laughs> this is like a Western. They're just, they're just going to a location, meeting some guys who need help, helping them, and then moving on. Yeah, like it's, genuinely. It's just like four little vignettes. <laughs> It's side quests. Yeah, um, kind of globe-trotting adventure. And, and so I quite like the, it. the next one, the next one is in the ski lodge from OSS Sandy set. Um, yeah, what country where, is this? Austria, Austria. I want to say. Daughter number three, um, Yvonne. Is getting, getting made out with by I none jumped. other. I double take, fully a double take. A man we last heard saying, Observe, Mr. Bund. The instruments of Armageddon. But now he's horny it's, and cool. I, I choose to believe this is, his villain, this is villain origin story for Wet Blofelds, but this is fucking Stromberg. Yeah. It's yeah. Kurt Jürgens. Kurt, Kurt Jürgens, yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Second stacked cast. Film. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they're making out. And then yeah. he stops her and he goes, He's, he's by the much way. older than her, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way. I'm married. Yeah. And she slaps him. Mommy don't uh, know daddy's getting hold of the body shop doing something unholy. Yeah. And and he's this is the thing, right? Polyamory, this is before polyamory was invented, so you had to do ableism instead of that. So he says, My wife I'm married. You know, my, my wife a helpless invalid. So, yeah, he's he's not getting the good invalid pussy and therefore Jesus. Jesus Christ. It's normal, it's regular. He considers himself to be doing nothing wrong. She, however, does, and she leaves. Yeah, yes. uh, yeah. And she like she's like, you know, out. what kind of girl do you think I am? I'm out of here. She skis away, which is the best way to break up with someone. Yeah, he he says to her, <laughs> "If you can do it, listeners, if so, you can so, do it, so does England." <laughs> yeah. In his like last ditch effort to try to save this failed affair, he goes, "Listen, you broke ass bitch." You can't afford your clothes. You're living in this hotel room <laughs> yeah. that you're not paying for. Why don't you just let me fucking pay for it, huh? How about that? And yeah, she goes, yeah. fuck you and the horse you rode in on. Or the skis yeah, no sugar indeed, that you rode in on. Yeah, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. He offers goes, to like, buy it. Like, he wants hotel. to be a sugar daddy, basically. He offers, like, you know, yeah, yeah. I'll give you an account at all the stores in town. You have whatever you want because I'm really rich. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not that kind of girl. Get wrecked. Doesn't sound that bad being like a kept woman at like a sort of Austrian ski resort. Oh, I, I mean, mean, sounds fucking great. Like, you get a lot of like very, very hot, very alcoholic drinks. Yeah, wear a lot, a lot of, of fur coats. Like, listeners, if you're in a position yeah. to offer me this, please write in. Oh, I think Kurt yeah, Jürgens, I think, I think if we you might are have lost listening, which I know you are. of us to that reverie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's a critical level of of podcast derailment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My favorite detail, I may have mentioned this when we did um, The Spy Who Loved Me, but I looked this up. Kurt Jürgens, um, uh, first of all, not a Nazi, seemingly, which we we may have claimed that he was when we did Spy Who Loved Me. It's He, he got imprisoned for like anti-Nazi sentiments at the end of oh, the Oh, wow. That's like, like the total opposite of what we said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, he also once had a near-death experience where he claimed that he had died and gone to hell. <laughs> and the Wikipedia, oh, no. the Wikipedia page just drops that in there, just like, yeah, he was he he was in time prison for a bit. Maybe that's why he stopped being a Nazi. You know, he got he got scrooged. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like after it was like long post wars. He had a heart attack, and he was like, he fucking thought he went to hell. I 
Kurt Jürgens is dead now. Uh, I hope he's not in hell. Yeah. I really hope he's not in hell. Most people, when they have that near-death experience, they, they definitely do the, oh, I died and went to heaven, but I don't think I've ever heard someone being like, geez, I had a near-death experience and I went to hell. Oh, my yeah, God, it's oh, like no. Kurt Jürgens and John Constantine are the two. <laughs> are the two. Now, that's a team-up, baby. I would love to see that. Yeah, so... Kurt Jürgens <laughs> with the fucking forearm tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> Doing that thing to that cat from the scene from earlier. Um, so this sister, mm-hmm. Yvonne, she goes back to the hotel where she is immediately intercepted by Herbert Long wearing a gay little scarf. Yeah. I love like, the gay little scarf. I've paid your hotel bill. Would you like to do me a mm-hmm. favour? There's a funny bit where he says, I want a very special photograph. And she says, you should talk to my sister in London. She goes in for that sort of thing. He says, no, no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's like it's claw shit. No, 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 hold on, no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so he, he's he like, your father sent you a photograph recently, yeah. and she's like, oh, yes, yeah, he did. And uh, she's like, oh, it's in my hotel room. And he goes, no, it's not. I've already searched it. Yeah. Great. She's like, oh, it's in my bag, which I fucking left in Stromberg Chalet when I broke up with him. And he's like, let's go there right now. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile Stromberg, Curly Hurkins is like, I've got one, one last thing to do. I'm going to put on my silly little Alps hat and my. Yeah. my <laughs> Ski down to the ski down and make like one last shot. He takes the fucking bag with him, goes up to the desk and is like, "Look, let me let me pay for room like four or five or some shit." And she's like, and the the dude at the desk is like, "I'm afraid it's the bill's already been settled." And he's like, "No." Yeah, he's like, he, immediately, he immediately to goes to the bar, starts like knocking back cognac. He understands this that she's been like two timing him with the other old rich dudes, and he's like, "Oh god, yeah. damn it, the bitches, man!" Like Solo and Kuriakin come in. Solo tries the same bit on the same guy, yeah. where he's like, "Oh, can I pay for this woman's hotel room?" And the guy has to tell him, "Oh, yeah, two dudes have already told no, me that in the so last ten minutes." So fucking love it. He's like, "Damn, that pussy must be amazing." <laughs> you <laughs> like will this. find one of them inhaling cognac. Solo walks out of the desk and is like, I've got some questions about the, uh, the girl in room 402. And he's like, would you like to pay her bill as well? Yeah. <laughs> <Just so good. laughs> You're two guys late, buddy. <laughs> Fucking so funny. So, so Solo goes to the bar where uh, Stromberg is like uh, drinking. And I write down at this point, where the hell they got a regular ass bowl of popcorn at the Alpine Ski Lodge bar? Because... They really do. It's like a big movie bowl of popcorn, and, and like Solo just takes a handful of popcorn. He's like, so, uh, ever hear about uh, women? Women are funny. That's his line. It's just like, do you know about women? Yeah. Um, and Stromberg's just like, oh, it's just two timing me, and like, and then Solo's like, where is she now? And he's like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Stromberg is doing so good. He's like, properly, like, he's got his cognac, he's in his like sad boy mode, and he's like, women, they find out you're married, and then they're just, they're just gone. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. One day she's wrapped around my little finger and then she finds out that I'm married to an invalid and she's and like, he, he is acting this with the intensity of like a man who has seen and believed he is going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> he does a really good job in this. Like, I think his performance in this is better than it was in he James Bond. Great. Yeah, we should get more actors to think that they're going to go to hell. We need to send more actors to, like, time prison. Well, hold on. <laughs> I don't think my performance is going to be improved by seeing a glimpse of my eternal fate. Um, uh, I don't know. It's, a, it, it's only a near-death experience. Hold still. Um, so, so the, I already went to hell back. when I sold my soul for seven years of fame, fortune, and transition, okay? 
Mm, how many years into that? Alex? I'm too into it. I've got five left. Um, so, right, so uh, meanwhile, back at the chalet, um, Randolph is hitting a woman. <laughs> his favorite pastime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He loves to slap a woman, and mm-hmm. he's he's doing it. And she's like, I don't know where the thing is. It was in my bag. My bag was just here. Meanwhile, the boys, Strandberg, Stromberg, and Solo and Kuriakin have all teamed up, all put on differently fucked ski goggles. <laughs> That's fucking right. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Robert Vaughn looks like he's into ski matrix. There's so many so things good. that like make this like a like funny visually and it's gonna be we're really gonna struggle to choose episode out for this one, yeah. I really think. Um And Thrush so, attack on skis. Yeah, Thrush show up with the, the most fucked balaclavas I've ever seen. The karate killers bracket of, skis. Ski to like skiing towards you at a weapon with ski at skiing pace. This this um, is a fucked fit they've got on this one. This one is unbelievable. It's like it's a full like black bodysuit basically with red piping. It's like a skull looking ass ski mask. Except in if you imagine a ski mask that looks like a skull, you're gonna imagine like white or, or anything like that. No no. All black of just like a big flap over the mouth that looks like the the jaw of a skull. Mm. Fantastic. It's cool. cool. Yeah. It's sick. Um, at this point, they do Stromberg breaks, breaks off from the ski karate while Solo and Kuriakin are fighting. He's like, ah, I gotta go rescue, I gotta go rescue this girl. Busts in. Herbert Lom is like, all right, why are you here? Do you have the thing? I will slap this woman several more times. If Where you is her bag? And he's questions. like, oh shit, I left it in the hotel bar. And, and Herbert Lom's like, for fuck's sake. Herbert Lom's like, oh, for fuck, and just immediately leaves. Yeah. He's like, yeah. god damn it. <laughs> He's fucking well, At which point, we see, we see Sandy picking up the uh, the case in the bar. Also, Stromberg then goes to comfort Yvonne, and he's like, he reveals that he's been doing the classic double reverse fake marriage bluff. <laughs> he's like, where- I don't have a real wife, I was just testing no. you. Mm. Because he's like, I need to make sure you weren't interested in me for my money, because I'm the richest guy in town, and like that's why I offered to make you, you know, a kept woman, and I buy you all these furs and stuff, because I needed to tempt you to know that you were really interested in me. Small question, a a test that both Abby and I would fail. Um, Yes. Why then Mm -hmm. is he drinking sadly about this when no one can see him? He's lying. Because I think in this he, moment. I think, yeah, he's like, I'm going to kill my wife later. He's inhabiting he's like, the like, no, I think it's because he, like, he realizes that, well, because when he uh, hears that her bill's been paid, he thinks, oh, she was actually playing me. She's just like sleeping around. I guess she really was, you know, because he said, I came down here ready to confess and propose to her, um, but I found her bill's already been paid by some other jackass. And so I was like, mm. women are funny. Well, women are funny. Um, Sandy just takes the fucking thing, gets on a ski lift with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Uncle Jet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they go to yeah. um, Austrian airport, which is very clearly in California. And they have a little, like, a uh, little Learjet or something with the Uncle logo on it, which is very funny in itself, but more funny when you remember that Uncle's logo is a globe with Napoleon Solo standing next to it. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. kind of weird. He's on the logo, and he's only number 11. This dude's not even the best agent we have, he's on the fucking logo. <laughs> it's like if, How do you feel like about if that if MI6's logo was just Sean Connery's face? 
<laughs> they should do huh. that. They should make that their logo. Yeah. <laughs> like... It was very unusual. Um, it would explain how everyone knows perfectly, like has a perfect 3D model of James Bond's head if that was MI6's logo. Napoleon Solo is like the, the face of Uncle, right? Um, everyone knows yeah. who he is. Um, he's on the but campaign. Uncle's meant to be secret, I think, which mm. they put it on the. Well, anyway, they get on the jet. Uh, solo. Kuyaki, I like this moment. Sandy. I really like this moment because all throughout the film, Herbert Lom has been like one step behind them. But now they get on the jet and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna fly to see like the next daughter." And Herbert Lom comes out of the pilot's fucking a booth office cabin <laughs> booth Co- cabin cabin. cabin. I'm gonna go with cabin. He comes out of the captain's uh, captain's. <laughs> cabin. Know, we're gonna be calling it the booth. <laughs> the pilot's the bridge booth from now on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the captain's pit chambers. I uh, yeah. He comes out of the captain's apartment with a gun. <laughs> and it's like, hey, I'm going to take you. <laughs> Guess what, bitch? Now. What up? You're flying air lom. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. He, he literally like vamps a bit. He's like, oh, do you want some coffee or tea? It's, it's really funny. It's cute. Actually, chicken or fish, <laughs> Mr. Solo. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we then cut to all three of them tied together in sort of like desultory fashion. Well, he explains <laughs> that um, basically, you got to tell us where the thing is. Otherwise, Sandy is going to experience there is a weird page break in the shooting script here. The pleasures of free fall. <laughs> free fall. <laughs> Oh, uh, Sandy will experience the pleasures of free fall. <laughs> free fall. <laughs> Kill Bond. Kill Bond. <laughs> now. <laughs> he was going to say free fall in one word, but he got distracted mm. by thinking about whether it's like a captain's booth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, no, Napoleon and Kuryakin are like, yeah, cool. So they hand over the microfilm, which has the photos on, um, and then uh, they take off, and Herbert Lom ties them up, and then him and the boys parachute out, and he's like, ah, the autopilot has been engaged. It will take you out over the Mediterranean. When you run out of fuel, that will be a river dead shame. It's just solo. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, solo sick, and sick. the karate killers experience the pleasures of free fall. Yeah, um, they, they jump out. It's really, really good. Yeah, and then... Solo has to like untie himself yeah. and open channel D to Waverly. Yeah. who like tells them they manage to untie ah, themselves and then they get into the, the they get into the captain's mausoleum and they manage to um <laughs> to land the plane. They glide it in to an the unknown captain. Yeah, 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 they, yeah. they guide it into the Islands or some shit. Yeah. So then we go back to to New York City and M is like yeah, it's the shot it. of New York that looks like shit for yeah. the first time in this movie, like an hour in. And M's like, um, "Well, boys, we've fucked it because the thrush have three of the photos, and the fourth one we you, we were going to send you to Rio, but there wasn't enough budget in the film. So actually, uh, the daughter in Rio, locations. daughter in Rio, has like published it in a newspaper, like as a yeah. photo of her famous father. Um, and now it's thrush like, hey, got check it. This out. They've got the yeah. whole formula." They got the whole formula, but we've got the whole formula too, and we've we've asked our boys to have a fucking proper brain think about it. Um, formula doesn't make any fucking sense. No, absolute nonsense. But the letters, what it does have, letters in it. The yeah. letters, and those letters rearranged to spell Japanese lullaby. And I was like, I love those guys on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Sandy, you know, he said only you would know the truth. So, what is Japanese lullaby? And she's like, I have no yeah, fucking Sandy idea. Goes, and they're like, ow. No clue. <laughs> Throws up her hands. Yeah. It's like, 
fuck. And it's so good um, because they so- cut over to like, um, they cut over to Thrush Center or where like all of the boys and, and fucking like uh, Randolph are all staring at it being like, shit. What the fuck does that mean? The fuck is a Japanese? And you can see it's like a whiteboard where they've gone and like moved each individual letter with an arrow. It's really funny. They've been there for fucking hours. They're always just in there and like, well, I never thought I'd say this, boys, but I'm glad they aren't dead. And then they all just walk out the door. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we're going to go kidnap them again, lads. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, So they're they're driving Sandy to her father's house. Um, yeah. And then the Thrush motorcycle display team attack. <laughs> These karate killers have done everything it's possible to do except karate at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, they're going to like do taekwondo and you're just going to be like, fucking... We get a moving background car chase. Yeah, we do. One of them even climbs on board the car and has to, like, fight Solo and Koryaki. Yeah, this guy, this uh, karate killer, fucking Kronstein Rosette, because he 100%. does the fa- same thing that James Bond does when he gets in a helicopter, which is he immediately attacks the person who is operating the speeding vehicle. <laughs> yes, so he gets it, yeah, the then immediately punching. attacks the alien and is like, what the fuck are you doing? It's my favorite aspect <laughs> of this is that every single time Elia is the one who's driving. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't even think Solo so has a license. No, he's too gay. Yeah, oh, that makes mm-hmm. sense. That makes sense. And th- and this 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 works. Like they're able to force the car off the road, knock everybody unconscious, and then Lom shows up in a wood paneled station wagon, which he still manages to kind of serve in. Yeah, like he, yeah. he like pulls to a stop, and he's like, nah. <laughs> it's great. Um, he gets milk they- pussy in this thing. It's so good. Yeah, he like so much. rolls up to it. He 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 He's sees got plastic on the seats. That's how much milf pussy this guy gets. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! He he rolls up and he lets like he he takes Sandy in. He takes Ilya in. He looks at Napoleon Solo lying completely dead on the back seat and is like, ah, fuck it, we don't have room for him. And then they just yeah, drive not, away. Not important. I'm like, I love it when they just leave Solo. Like every fucking uncle villain just keeps being like. Ah, whatever. This guy's useless. Fuck it. Yeah. So we then see that, as as Avi said earlier, he a, a henchman is slapping the shit out of Sandy. Mm. Lom stops him and is like, oh, "These crude methods are quite unnecessary." And then starts slapping. He <laughs> <laughs> like run. she's getting like slapped. Fucking... He's like, "Stop, Jesus Christ, stop!" <laughs> <laughs> no, no, gotta, like this, yeah, like this. Hey, no, no, like you got to put your whole body in it. Come on! <laughs> it's like no, you've got to do you an go open the wrist. palm. It's you like don't want to like elbow, scratch elbow. her with the nails. Like it's like no, you want to get a ring off for God's sake. Yeah, so you want to get it on the cheek. Like other, you're going too far. You don't want to leave. Like yeah, that's not good. Would you open yeah, very palm. safe, open safe, palm. sane, and consensual, yeah. Herbert Long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so got to give a so- chocolate afterwards. Like. Uh-huh. Solo is if we like, did episode uh, titles, I would want to call this one Safe, Sane, and Consensual Herbert Lom. But sadly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Kuriakin activates a little fucking tracking device on his watch, which allows Solo to... watch. Yeah. yeah. It allows yeah, Solo to wake up, steal a motorcycle, and like follow the tracker towards them. Elia However, hears the before- worst thing it's possible to hear, which is um, Herbert Long is talking to Sandy, and Sandy's like, "What are you going to torture me?" And Herbert Long goes, "Not you." And you can see Elia go, "Oh, 
God. It's like, again. Oh, they're talking again. about me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they put and him on so, the worst fucking thing I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah. I life. love this thing. This thing this thing is the ice stabbing machine. Um, <laughs> and when you, it's, it's actually. It's a great commentary no budget on the left. West's, like, gluttonous appitate for stabbed ice. We all get, like... It is a machine these with days, a conveyor belt angled upwards that takes big blocks of ice and then sort of half guillotines them with a, a block of wood that has, like, nails driven through it. It's like it. a pitchfork. It's the end of a pitchfork. It just stabs the ice. Additionally, there's a, lo- there's a wide-angle shot, and you can see that this is operated by what is clearly just, like, uh, a f- desperately fraying, hairy rope that's operated by someone off screen, just pulling it and letting it go and pulling it and letting it go, and it's perfect. Yeah. It it is the like also just roll off the conveyor belt. How difficult is that? It's like a really narrow conveyor belt. They only but, got like three shots of it working right ever, so you get like a load of repeated footage of it stabbing into the ice. <laughs> it's it's so. Beautifully shit. I what cannot impress What is you the enough. market for this stabbed ice? <laughs> They're just breaking the ice um, into smaller bits. You see the ice stabbing the time, it doesn't work. Like it just—it's yeah, it's just like, an ice with yeah. some holes in it. It's like, yeah, it like half stabs one big block, and then the block tumbles off down, and you're like, "What the fuck?" And then the second one, they like they're holding the block in place so it can start stabbing it more effectively. It's like one of those so, silly so, cocktail so they put bars, and they've got like belt. a big ice machine in the middle of it that like does weird oh. shit. And it's like, just give me some yeah. fucking ice. Mm-hmm. They, they, they put they put him on the thing, and eventually this forces Sandy to to go. I like in clear desperation. I don't fucking know what a Japanese lullaby is, and this prompts Herbert Long to deliver the funniest fucking line in the whole movie. You will remember in Japan. <laughs> We're going to Japan then. Get on the plane. <laughs> Right, At this point, that's I write, it. We're going you to will Japan. remember in Japan. <laughs> At which point, I write down there better be some fucking karate there. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> there is not. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but she says, "Oh, my my father had like an old." colleague a scientist in japan maybe it's something to do with that and he's like cool good enough for me um yeah, so they leave do. in japan they leave Elia on the conveyor belt obviously but Sela rescues him obviously mm, obviously and then we go to japan <laughs> where racist we... music question mark racist good, music like... yeah yeah god sorry it's not that important no it's like uh what is it fucking xylophone i think something yeah, yeah. like that uh but a lot of like individual high notes sorry you know like yeah, yeah. um and she's like, dri- she's like being driven around Tokyo, and she's like, <laughs> and essentially, Lom is like, N- name any Japanese person <laughs> for a million so dollars. Name a Japanese gold. person. Name a Japanese man. <laughs> name one so- Japanese man. There is a there is a karate killer in the passenger seat and the driver's seat. Herbert Lom is in the back, staring absolutely. Dead-eyed, straight at Sandy, and going. We have been driving around Tokyo for four hours. Name any <laughs> Japanese man you can think of, and she's like, "God, I, I just don't quite remember." He's like, "You have Name ten additional any minutes." Japanese person. <laughs> but they go to for a public. A dollar. Um, they go to a public um, place because uh, she thinks, "Oh, maybe I remember." Like, there's a guy who's, who's like a scientist or something, marine scientist. Mm. But she gives him the slip in the crowd, and there's a, quite a fun moment where she's like, in desperation, pleads with this group of Japanese women who are walking past. It's like, "No, please hide me. These people are like." 
you know, after me and they, they appear to not comprehend. And then one of them just goes, yeah, okay, sure. Stick with us. We'll take care of you. It's just quite this like yeah. sweet yeah. moment. She's like, oh, teeny bopper, you stick with us. Like, mm. yeah. The, the loyalty of like girls in club bathrooms at like 3 a.m. They immediately like adopt her as their own. Um, which is, which is fun. I've read books about this happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- they take her home, and I was like, hey, I like this, it's not racist, and then my next note is, never mind, in all caps, <laughs> because yeah. they they take her to their home, which is a geisha house, because they're geisha, the, these women who do not look this, like- This woman, but additionally, is Chinese. This is, a, this is Irene Su, a Chinese-American actress. It just- just- Again, to the producers, name any Japanese person right now. <laughs> do it. <laughs> uh, uh, best I could do is Chinese American. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> fine. Um, whatever. Fine. And th- they they engage her in what I can only define as forced geishification. They force them a um, cis woman, which um, yeah. I got a Tumblr ask about someone doing that with their partner, I and know, I'm like, that's the funniest shit I've ever. I, I saw that, and I was like, hmm, interesting. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, to hide her, they say, well, she's like, I've got to hide. And she's like, okay, step one. <laughs> <laughs> you train you hard and to become a geisha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it all comes fucking full circle, doesn't it? Jeez. <laughs> I love this shit. So they love it. As she's, as she's getting geishified, she's like trying to contact uncle. And she's also telling them... Hey, some foreigners are gonna are like chasing me, and I'm in like serious danger. And so this woman she's talking to is like, "Yeah, okay, fine, don't worry about it. Uh, we'll, we'll sort it." At this point, they're unable to get anyone from Uncle because um, you know the the phone directory can't find an organization that has its logo of its dude on its jet. <gasps> Yeah, because she's like, just call Uncle, and she's like, do you know how many like fucking uncles there are in like the USA? But anyway, um, no, Solo and uh, Elia arrive because Uncle do in fact track her down, and yeah, um, and we learn a bit about Elia. I love because... this scene. Yeah, this is a really good yeah. like, throwaway line from you. <laughs> so, so, so they come in like Solo is baffled by all of the strange and exotic things of the East, and he goes, "Oh, this is our first time in a geisha house," and Elia just goes, "Speak for yourself." Yeah, which I like. It's really cool. Yeah, really um, good. And it it raises the prospect of Weeb Ilya because he then also incorrectly explains to Solo what a haiku is. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really good. This is a this is a good episode for learning things about Ilya actually because earlier on when they walk into the Count's house and like everything's been stripped bare, everything's been sold. It's this very grand house, but everything's been taken out of it. Um, Solo kind of looks around and raises his eyebrow, and Ilya goes, "Reminds me of home." Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it's really nice. Um, it's like two open holes also, in the floor. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. The other interesting thing is that the geisha is speaking in like broken English at this point, and this is surprisingly good because we know she speaks better English than this. And the movie is like fairly explicit that this is like a client-facing deployment of like racism, right? Yeah, like, I know, I, uh, I wrote down like genuinely find this to be not quite as racist as it could have been because they're clearly like playing it up to take advantage. They're, I like, wonder how much of that was the script. And how yeah. much of that was the actress going, okay, Yeah, I can kind of yeah. make do something clever with this here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's always they, hard to uh, know. Either way, it is it is clever. Um, but they, they sit them down, and they're like trying to like obviously waylay them. They're like, oh yeah, Sandy's in the back, just have some tea, don't worry about it too much. And uh, waylay them into a tea ceremony at the, course, at the start of which they like 
bonk them over the back of the head with steel fans, mm. uh, knocking them perfectly unconscious. Um, I just, at which I point, just Sandy really realizes. I've, hmm. I've just mentally pictured the kind of response I'll get to that. I don't mean that it's not racist to portray Japanese people as playing up uh, in order to take advantage of these two white guys. That's definitely racist. What I mean is the framing of this scene is such that we're supposed to think that Napoleon and Ilya are stupid for um, um Yeah, like, these... like you said earlier on, the movie it's has shown conceptions about them. The movie has already shown us that these characters are capable of, of like, not doing yeah. this. Um, what's what, what's unfortunate is that the um, which KJV host is racist this week spotlight has been rotating this whole time. Um, and I'm afraid it's now stuck pointing in your direction. So, Well, there's nothing else for it. <laughs> I really never th- thought that. Wow. Okay. Well, um, you'll have Sandy to take that out in. in post. Thanks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm. <laughs> I, 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 I think there's a lot of historical <laughs> reasons for why what you what you said was not accurate. But Devin, I do want to invite the- you onto my stream to to talk to you and challenge your views. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have a really productive conversation, I think, about this. Trans rights. Yeah, yeah. Trans rights. Mm. Um, so, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Clara. It's, it's the, the trans community joke. has <laughs> the trans community has forgiven Devon. Um, <laughs> Thanks, I want to edit that, please. <laughs> Can we trust them? Um, no. So, <laughs> so at this point, after getting knocked unconscious with the fans, I'm like, was that the fucking karate? Yeah. Please tell me that was not the karate. But Sandy comes in as like, oh no, not these Sandy white guys. Brackets these, are like geisha. My, these my boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, these um, are my boys. And they're like, oh fuck, we just Oh, we just properly oh. knocked these guys out just now. <laughs> um but so they, they they wake them back up and they report into Waverly, whom Ilya describes to a geisha as Big Zaibatsu number one. Yeah. He he what? He's a weeb. He's a weeb. He's very enamored with Japanese culture and understands precious little about it. Yeah. It's great. Um, um But anyway, then they uh, they kind of do remember who this like old colleague of her father's was. Yeah, and they're like, he's a monk or a beggar now. Yeah, he's a scientist. He's not quite clear on the distinction. He was a scientist. He quit science so they could become uh, Mm. a beggar. And um, he was sent the formula by the scientist dude, Dr. True, because he couldn't be tempted by gold. Because he's like, like, you know, vow of poverty. Um, And he hid the formula and he gives it to Uncle and is immediately killed by Herbert Lom. Yeah, Herbert Lom shows up with... I genuinely was not sure if these were the same guys just finally, at long last, in karate mode, or if he had got all new karate guys, but he has the karate killers and they are finally prepared to do something approximating karate. And there's a really good moment oh, just, just before where, um, where Herbert Lom turns up and he has a gun. And the, the beggar scientist guy goes to him and is like, you know, you can't bring a weapon in here. Like, this is a sacred temple. This is a house of peace. And Herbert Lom just, like, emotionlessly guns it down in cold blood. And it's like, fuck, this guy is the best villain uncle's had. Like, fuck Mr. Alexander doing, like, incomprehensible fucking crimes like based around gas. Like, this is just, <laughs> like, Herbert Lom is fucking shit up more than any villain has fucked shit Lom. up using only a gun and four dudes. <laughs> That's Herbert right. Lom knows where his keys are. At all times. (laughs) 
at no, no point way. in this movie. <laughs> the, I will be using this as shorthand henceforth for every villain who has their shit together. Herbert <laughs> Lom knows where his keys He's are. He is not wandering around the scene going face. like, He's not where's like, my fucking key? Where trying do I to claim that people are going to get amnesia. He's just got a gun and four big dudes. And sometimes really? that's all you need that's, to get ahead in life. That's all you need. Um, by the way, this, mm-hmm. this, this guy is played by Philip Ahn, who is a, a Korean-American actor. Name any Japanese person! For infinite gold, name a <laughs> <One>. Japanese person. <laughs> one, fair, one he Japanese was extremely person. prolific, so it's not unreasonable he was cast on the merits of him as an actor. Sure. But. Fine. Name a Japanese uh, person. So, 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 my notes yeah. say the Karate Killers, I presume. Um, there is yeah, a fight. The Karate Killers... Their karate is so strong that mm. neither Solo nor Koryakin are able to resist them. They're like kicking motherfuckers with their legs, which is something that they're totally unprepared for. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get and they get owned. Randolph, as, as uh, he beats to, them, yeah. he takes the formula, and he kidnaps all of them. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, because I respect you as enemies, I'm going to show you how you get owned before I kill you. So we've I'm been take to you. so many locations. This movie. We've been to the final location. We've been of this Italy, movie. London, Austria, America, Japan, and now where the fuck are we? The South Pole. That's the right, Polar baby. Ice cap. Yeah, the, the, the Thrush Central, the Thrush mountains Central. of madness. They're like the anti-Santa. <laughs> <laughs> They're south and Thru- evil. Tell you what, uh, Thrush Central complex is going to get fucked by climate change, apart from anything else. Um, and Wait, the he South shows Pole? off the, the South right, Pole be will be fine. Yeah. Will will it? Yeah, there's there's land at the South Pole. There yeah. is just ice at the north. It'll be really valuable land okay. in two hundred years. Uh, It'll be the only inhabitable okay. land. That's right. Oh, great. And well, Greenland. You know, buy an apartment there now. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> get get in on the ground floor. Buy an apartment it's, on a research. It's quite a commute in into central London from. From the South I mean, Pole, it's like said? Zone Four, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so, yeah. You know, yeah. it's bad, but it's manageable. <laughs> it's, one of, it's like Zone Five or some shit, like yeah. the really weird yeah. zones. The London Census data—they're like, oh, there's a weird number of trans women living in Antarctica. Very weird. So, so he shows them this polar base, which is like clearly a real polar base, and then we move to the sound stage where they're just driving a perfectly regular ass van across the ice base. Yeah, sick. It's and, good. Like, I like this van. I like it a lot. Everyone's wearing a giant fur coat, which yeah. looks fucking sick. And they've sick. done it. They've cracked the formula. They're like, yo, we're going to make infinite gold. It's going to be cool. Elia's like, won't that cause inflation? And and Herbert Lom's like, I've spoken to Quasi Quarteng and I'm pretty sure it won't. Um, <laughs> like, it's oh. like, got, got, a, got an answer to this? No. Yeah. Uh, take them to <laughs> prison. Shut the fuck up. Put Versus, him in prison. No, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but oh, but won't yeah. creating an infinite supply of gold to uh, drive down the price of gold as a commodity versus no? <laughs> Most financially literate monetarists. Um, <laughs> so, so they put them in jail. Yeah, to be fair, uh, it's what they're doing with diamonds at the moment. So it's it's it's, it's a nice jail cell, very uh, very austere, and they're being like watched on camera. Uh, and Sandy is mad because she's like a child, right? She's mad at uh, Solo and Koryakin who are just putting their feet up. And we, the viewer, are meant to intuit from this and sort of the irony with the drop by start of the episode with that, like they're they're gonna do some shit. They're just they've done it enough times that they want to be comfortable first. And my favorite detail of this is they fire up the big CCTV thing. Lom looks at them, uh, and, and Solo just goes. 
well, Long asked, do you have any complaints? And Solo goes, we haven't been shown a menu yet. <laughs> and he, he, he like, makes a lunch order in the fucking base. Mm. It's great. Yeah, it's really... Um, Elio orders kipp- kippers, which, like, man after my own heart. I love kippers. Mm-hmm. He knows what kippers he wants. Kippers and tomato joists. Yeah, that's juice. fucking weird. That's weird. Kippers and oh, champagne. Oh, yeah, kippers and tomato joists. Elio, Elio. Tomato joists. Kippers, kippers oh. and champagne is, like, the best breakfast for a special occasion. I have it on my birthday every year. Beautiful. Strange woman. Um, Why? So Why? The kippers are, like, salty and smoky, and the champagne cuts across it. It's fantastic. I believe so, you. Uh, San- Sandy gets a salad, um, and the whole time they are like obviously working towards an escape while telling her, "No, nah, it's fine. Just give up." Yeah, to yeah, be yeah. honest. Um, and with their and backs I to the like- camera, they dissolve Napoleon's shoelaces in vinegar from the salad yeah. dressing. Because again, everything an uncle agent wears is like got decored so into it. <laughs> There's yeah, like a the direct like reference to that even. They're called shoelace. Sa- Fuck. There's, like Sandy generally is like, don't you have like something hidden in the in the stitching of your tie? And he goes, not on this mission. <laughs> Which is like <laughs> fair enough to not wear the deck cord necklace every time you go out. <laughs> if I was capturing um, Uncle Agent, I would just confiscate their clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Get them nude. So, Simple as. Um, uh, there's two benefits mm-hmm. to that. Hey, see him nude. David McCallum. Mm. He can't escape. Um, um, but then they, they I escape. Really like, I really the... like the irony here. Yeah, it's it's really funny. Yeah. And this is the thing. The last 10, 15 minutes of this movie, I genuinely really enjoyed. They finally it's really, nailed the endings. Because like, this is yeah, traditionally the point of bits. the Uncle film where I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. They, they, they do bits. like they, They're luring guards around corners with lines like, uh, I just escaped. Can you show me the best way to get out of here? They're like... There's a fantastic bit where one of them, like, one of the guards loses a fight, gets beaten up, he's, like, doubled over hunching, and David McCallum goes back and gives him a second uncle I chop love that to moment. knock him unconscious. So he runs off camera, runs back on, big chop. <laughs> so fun. It's like, ah, karate, kill this, motherfucker! Um, we we get in a gunfight every time Sandy like stands off to the side screaming, but I don't mind it as much because she is, like, basically playing a kid. So... It, like th- this is the thing. My problem with like sixties movies and sixties misogyny is that like it makes women into like act like children. It- it's less weird here because everybody is like talking about what a kid she is. Yeah. Um, um, meanwhile, they're firing up the big gold machine, and the danger needle is rising. Uh, the danger needle makes yeah. a return to ten thousand danger. The magic number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once it hits ten thousand and one danger, the base blows Kaboom. up. So, so Elia and and the boys they like sabotage the thing, and there's a big fight and a gunfight. Um, and then they infiltrate the gold plant and they, they set it to like explode mode. Um, yeah. And then Herbert Long... Lom runs in and he like, he's like puts his hand in the machine. It's like, it's working, it's working like gold. Look at all this gold. And it explodes and he gets like covered in glitter and dies. Yeah. Which is fantastic way to go. Yeah, he gets too gold deeply fingers, and yeah. too greedily. Yeah. It's a shame. Mm-hmm. Happens to us all. Yeah, he does. Uh, at this point, at this point we get one of our beloved little epilogues where it's a classic everybody gets married ending. Um, yeah, a classic so, Shakespearean ending to a to a comedy. Yeah, everyone gets married. So, Solo, Kuryakin, Sandy, one of the geishas, Waverly because he loves going to weddings. They all he go does. to London, where Imogen is marrying Terry Thomas, Yvonne is marrying uh, Stromberg, and the Count and Countess are like renewing happy, their vows. And, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And like 
uncle has paid for all of their weddings and it all came out great. Yeah, they and even have a, the they have a cute killers. moment at the end where they say, oh, I gather uncle paid for the ceremony. And then somebody says, well, yeah, of course, if you can't get the father of the bride, the next best thing is an uncle. Yeah, they both like finish <laughs> a line together. And, yeah. <laughs> and Waverly's like, quite right. And then yeah. takes a photo of the bride and it's like, Wow, there you go. It's a magic. It's like the only thing to end the movie without Waverly just being like, "I'm gonna die soon." I think this is a genuine like high note for the series. I, I really think this legitimately this enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it, it was just fun to watch. They're getting better. Um, yeah, I'm afraid so. Um, so listen, they understand I mean, that the best part of all of the movies we watched thus far is um, someone gets assassinated. Waverly goes, oh, "He had a daughter." And then Solo drops off and we get to introduce a cast of characters. So we just did it four times in a row and it was fucking great. Yeah, yeah, a a great script goes set up, set up, set up, set up, ending. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Print that shit, Act one, act one, act one, ending. (laughs) But we have a science-based racing system on this podcast. Yeah. It's called the SCUM system. It stands for SMARM, Cultural Insensitivity, Unprovoked Violence, and Misogyny. SMARMY is uh, the Karate Killers. It is pretty pleased with itself. It's in moments very where it's smarmy. like, so Mr. Solo are like this, and be like, oh, we should just sort of escape in our enigmatic way. It's like, okay. That's a high SMARM. The thing is, I really enjoy a high SMARM movie sometimes. This is a great example of how high SMARM content does not necessarily mean it's unenjoyable. Yes, that's um, true. I. I would put this at, based largely off of the last 20 minutes, I would put this at about a five or a six. I'd go for five, yeah. Yeah. Do five? I can see that. All right. Uh, cultural insensitivity. Well. <sighs> um, we got a lot of cultures to be insensitive to in rapid succession. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Only two Italians allowed. Be. Italian yeah. and Japan. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Japanese people are Chinese. And Korean, and Korean, and geishas, and, geishas. and whenever they're on screen, sort of like uh, vaguely Japan-themed music yeah. is playing. I mean, I do, uh, I do like what Dev pointed out that it does kind of show us that the geisha house is a bit of a performance for the sake of of the guests. Which I'm like, okay, that's yeah. like cleverer than usual. And like it, you know, I do like the moment where it's it appears as if we're gonna get like a moment where the Japanese people don't understand what Sandy's saying, and then they just speak like perfect English. I'm like, okay. You, you're kind of aware of this a little bit. Yeah, they're trying to play yeah. against this sort of trope. Yeah. How successfully they pull it off, it's not my place to say, but they are aware of it and trying. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know how much of that is like the movie and how much is like Irene Sue and others like doing this single-handedly, but I think either way they have like clawed it back down to something like in the level of like, oh, I don't know, four maybe? Four or five? Maybe five. Dev? I don't know. I mean, so I a casting I think, vote here. I think, yeah, I think five. Okay. Okay. Uh, and unprovoked this, violence. Well, unpro- unprovoked violence. Nearly the skim system. The unprovoked violence in this movie. <laughs> Solo fucking mashes a dude's face up with guitar strings. Self defense. <laughs> but it, it's it's a pretty big escalation of violence relative to everything else that's happening. It is, um, but well. Yeah, I don't, I don't think don't, the film he, asks us to accept at any point that kind of any of the violence the heroes do is good. Yeah, slapping women is is bad. That's like the mark of a bad guy. Yeah. Um, it, it's it seems pretty low to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm struggling to recall moment. any any moments where it's just like this violence is good and okay. Um, yeah. One, two. 
Yeah. Sure. One. Yeah. 100%. Right. And misogyny. Uh, misogyny. Uh, well, see, again, women are, are children, right? Yeah. Or women love money, or women like uh, use sex for their advantage. Horny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel it's quietly high. one of the higher ones we've had. Yeah, like only Reckon. pretty much only Yvonne is like the only woman who has like has any depth, and it's weird because she's just like one of the sisters. I think it's it's not as bad as it could be in the sense that like you know mentioning as ever using Kim Darby for this, it's like oh this is this is a child coded adult woman, but still pretty bad. Um, I I could. See my way to like a six. Yeah, I think I could too. Um, well, that gives us a total score of seventeen, which is pretty middle of the road for Uncle. Pretty, pretty solid. Oh. I think it's definitely the best made Uncle film we've had so far. It's the one I've enjoyed the most. Um, mm. I, I just no, I'm sorry. The spy like, with my face is like... still. <laughs> I, I had fun with this one. It did start to lose me again at the end, but I, I'm not entirely sure how much that was the movie and how much that was my own personal. I think like this one is definitely right lifted by the cast. I mm. want to. I want to see more Herbert Lom movies. Whether that's the Pink Panther or like the Lady Killers or something like that. I want to see Herbert Lom and more stuff. Um, but but this has been the Karate Killers. We're now up to the next one's going to be the penultimate Man from Uncle movie, which is going to be the Helicopter Spies. No, I'm sorry. No, we've got the Helicopter Spies. Then we've got How to Steal the World, which is the one that my brother wants to come mm. on. The 15 then, years then later. Then we've got the 15 affair years later. Is not, is not a feature film. What is it then? It's an episode, isn't it? It's like a made-for-TV episode. Can we do it anyway? Yeah, of course. I want to find out what happens to them. Yeah. Then we've got that, and then we've got um, the modern from Uncle. Oh, you're right. I forgot about the modern cancellation one. Yeah. Okay, oh yeah, fine. the approaching hundred um, percent cancellation rate. Man from Uncle, 2015. That's right. That's right. The next one is the helicopter spies. Do we have any um, Kronsteins, good nights, things of this nature to award. Yeah, Kronstein to that karate killer who did. attacked the driver. Yes. Yeah, like karate killer number 20 who just fucking jumps Perfect. onto the car. Uh, no good nights <laughs> that I can think of. And no, no, I don't think so. No Brian Coxes either. Alright, perfect. Uh, well, <laughs> Brian <that> Cox <laughs> Memorial Award for unprompted, unforced errors in transphobia. <laughs> <laughs> we do what we can. Yeah, <laughs> announcing you're transphobic. Um, in that case, we will we will see you for the next bonus episode, which is going to be God. What is it going to be? It's it's my turn, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The next bonus episode will be so, a few good men. That's, I'm ah, so yes, excited, and we're, we're getting man. I'm so we're getting uh, KD from War Takes on for that. Uh, so be very excited for that. Um, and thank you for subscribing to the Patreon. If you do, if you don't, fucking do it. We'll see you next time. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Kill James Bond. Um, next week on the free feed, a few good men with special guest, uh, that guy from War Takes. I didn't double check his name before I started recording this outro, and good God, I'm not stopping. Uh, after that, on the free feed as well, uh, will be the next Man from Uncle movie, which is The Helicopter Spies. Sort of like a, a spy that's very overbearing. Um, the helicopter parenting joke. Uh, you don't have to give us any money, and good God, after that, why would you? But some 
still choose to, and I would be remiss if I didn't read out the names of our £15 and above patrons, and those are Candy Fox, Amanda Comet, Freya Aloysius, Gustavo Lira, Jack Holmes, Mike Berg, Thomas Oberhart, Nick Boris, Kentucky Fried Commie, Yarek, Nato Mori, Cohen Enright, Harriet Cock, Labour Delender Est, Ozymandias, Library Hitman, Beef Crime, Jack Drummond, Jonathan Gerdes, Callan Burney, Max Gaimanhart, Jay Martindale, Kit Devine, Hell, Lysamesh, Jonathan Siegel, Harrison Fuller, Big Titty Goth Girl, Mothman, Tarp O, George Rohack, Trip, Clara Roasting Marshmallows, Alex, Violet Cybra, Liz and Ash in Florida, A Trans Robot, Men's Room Louie, Connor's Cool Big Sister, Ronan, The Spy Who Ruined My Marriage, Annie Ruby, Isopod Gal, Elizabeth Cox, My Jokes Keep Being on the Wrong Episode, Zoe Shepard, Turfs Eat Shit and Die Alone, Quinn Valeri, Finn Ross, Alfredo, Wolfie, Big Old Boy, Al Owing, Robert Greensmith, Millie, Josh Simmons, Lauren Bastin, Roll History Pod, and Artemis Potter and Elizabeth Ball. Thank you. Your support helps make this show possible. Kill James Bond is, of course, Alice, Abigail, and Devon. Our producer is the wonderful neighbor Thay. Our podcast art is by Matty Lubchansky, and our website is by Tom Allen. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>